Can you hear me? Do you know where you are? You're in a dream. Would you like to wake up from this dream? Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? Welcome to the Coffee Clatch Crew Westworld episode review. I'm Jason Pistorino. I'm Christina Lomangino. And today we bring ourselves back online for episode 407, Metanoia. This one was written by Dessa Larkin and Denise Tay, directed by Mira Minan. IMDb is at an 8.6, though the episode is an 8.9, and Rotten Tomatoes holding at an 80%. I have one question for you. Yeah. You want to have a drink at a time like this? Always. Uh, Right off the bat, if you guys hear a humming, it's 100 degrees in the East Coast right now. So our AC is pumping. We normally turn it off and sweat it out for the pod, but can't do it today, guys. I'm not a robot, man. You haven't transcended. Well, there's a lot to talk about with this episode. Let's start off with what the critics had to say. Maybe Westworld isn't canceling the apocalypse. With one episode left to go, season four is torching the world left and right. But in a world where humans tortured hosts and hosts tortured humans, maybe there is no way to coexist. I think this is confusing throughout the episode because Bernard has been telling us all season he sees a path where there's some hope. But we still don't know exactly what that means for hosts, for humans, for both in the real world, in the sublime. What is his plan? And it seems as though it's still working, even though he dies along with a few of our other favorite characters and dies in big air quotes? Yes, big air quotes. Uh, We haven't seen the end game yet. I think it's still going according to plan. He's going through the steps throughout the episode, hitting his marks. um, And he does leave a message to someone, maybe himself, maybe someone else. But we'll talk about that later. That's one of my big questions for you. As a whole... I think this will be the first time we didn't like it as much as everybody else did. Looking on Twitter, looking at our clatchers, they're like, oh my God, what a crazy episode. Amazing. I can't believe they seem to love the penultimate Game of Thrones type episode where we have a ton of action. Maybe that's because it has been a little bit slow this season. To me, it felt like somebody just flipped the whole table upside down. Yes. Um, of a show building for four seasons? <laughs> well, it was crazy to see all these main characters just die like that. It felt unceremonious. It felt not earned. Um, there was the shock factor, which I dig. I refuse to believe that that's the end of Maeve. I refuse that's the end of Bernard. As we know them, it maybe is. But there's more to it. Um, I don't exactly know what it is, but there's got to be something more. It can't just be the man in black versus... Dolores in the other world and uh, Caleb. That is how it started. I mean, there's a certain poetry Poetry to to the man in black versus Dolores. And maybe that is the table setter for the end of this season that those two show down. But I agree with you. It has to be more. We have to bring back some of the other characters for a season five if we get it. (sighs) But that's a, a little bit of what annoys me that... I understand this is part of the message. With hosts, death does not mean the same thing. It metanoids you. <laughs> it, it really does. That It's gotten to the point of, I don't know what means anything anymore. And yeah. I, I suppose that is the parallel to the host journey, to what we heard Caleb say last time, death is only the beginning and it's different for their species. But 
there has to be some kind of stakes for characters at some point. Yeah. And if everybody is just brought back a million times in a million different forms, and there really is a couple, Frankie, of actual humans left, mm. I don't know what to think anymore. I'm just... Uh, let me give you a, a thought I just had. It's not fully thought out. Actually, it's not even a real thought. I don't really believe this, but I'm going to say it. Do you remember when Ford was having dinner, looking outside at these giant machines? The terraformers. Creating a new park for him? Mm-hmm. He was so excited for it. What if this is all time? <laughs> this is the new park, and that's why everyone keeps coming back to life, because it's not real. This is all something for... Delos or his son, the man in black. If I thought that Ford still played any role in anything, I would be psyched to hear about it. <laughs> but just like when we lost him and the show wasn't the same, when we lost human William, mm-hmm. really, because we lost him a long time ago, the show wasn't the same. But Ed Harris saved it. Kind of. I'm not happy with what's... I, people this are episode? delighted with him this season. I'm really not. I was delighted with him two episodes ago. When there was some humanity in the host, I know that doesn't sound right, but the first time he went and saw his human self, this time felt like, just like you said, just being at a wedding and taking that table full of all the nice plates and all that and just... And this doesn't even feel like survival of the fittest, his message. It feels like let's burn everything. Uh, Who can be the biggest asshole? (laughs) I mean, we're going to talk about his whole concept of survival of the fittest because it is interesting, but... Yes, we wind up losing, definitively, one of the few human characters we had left, not a great one, but human William, to be lived on by the fitter version, I suppose, of host Man in Black, who's really taken a piece of him, and I do like that theme, that these hosts are a reflection of the people they were created from. There is part of them in there. Yeah, I infected you. I'm in there. Uh, I'll live on, he says. He's realized that. But the host's actions do not seem to suggest a greater purpose. Let the cockroaches survive. I don't... I'm losing the thread of what the creators want us to think Mm -hmm. regarding the larger themes of this show. I don't know or trust anymore... Me neither. ...that they have a really big philosophical point they're trying to make with this show, and that gets me a little bit frustrated and sad. (laughs) We're going to go through discussing all of this because clearly we are in the minority of disliking this episode. So maybe there is more to be found here. Well, let me be honest with you. I dislike it. I am so torn. I dislike it. And I also think it's intriguing. Watching it was fun if you ignored all the thoughts. (laughs) If you ignored how you felt. I don't think I can do that. I'm um, sorry. And if I there's really a payoff, didn't. if the payoff works well, it's okay. I didn't have fun. It's not like there were big action fight sequences. It was one person killing another. A lot of the people I liked. There was not complete enough exposition on some areas I'd been dying to know about. What is this form Hale is about to upload herself into? Because it Does turns it out... matter now? That sucks. Well, it turns out this is not her version of the sublime. Yes, she's been guarding the one that exists, but she's had no way to enter it. It doesn't seem as though she's created another one. What she meant by transcendence is to get rid of their physical forms. Their human forms. And be in these new drone host-like. With no arms. Statuesque figures of 
what does that form do? Does it just sit around and house the brain ball forever? I mean, we saw one walk away today. So that we saw a step further when she was looking at someone being uploaded. It's tall. It's got long legs. It was walking, but there's no arms. So what's their point now? I don't know. What was she planning? I really would have liked to see that before she's taken off the board. Uh, There's a lot of questions here, but let's start off slow. Reviewing our title, we talked in the spoiler section last time about the meaning of metanoia from the ancient Greek to change one's mind, but that there's a lot of different routes that can take, the main two being psychological and theological, both of which I think are extremely valid here. From a psychological perspective, it's the process of experiencing a psychotic breakdown and subsequent rebuilding or a healing, something positive. You have to hit rock bottom, in other words, to fully change. Well, that sounds like something you do for a living. Yeah, and I do believe that this is often true, that it takes some sort of major event to spur bigger change within us as people. Sometimes you have to bring your patience through the pain, so -hmm. it's going to hurt more before it feels better. Mm -hmm. And that's the difficult part. But I don't think that's what the man in black no. intended with, do we need to come to all-out violent warfare in order to get this out of our system He's and, exterminating it. and rebuild? Imagine someone with a blowtorch just trying to exterminate everything, and then what survives, survives. I don't really care. But it does seem like the host version had a glimpse of this concept that being infected having this break that some of them could not manage that would lead to host suicide was in fact a necessary part of the struggle of awakening, much as the humans Mm. did to the hosts, putting them through their own maze, causing them suffering on purpose so that they could come to consciousness, achieve something greater. The process seems the same, even though it doesn't feel like his intention behind that. You realize that's very biblical, right? Yeah. Well, how do you evolve? You can't just snap your fingers and watch it happen. This isn't going to be a really lame comparison, but time-wise, it's fitting that we just watched an episode of Orville. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I know. It sounds very silly, but uh, spoiler for this most recent season of Orville. One of the concepts they're discussing in this episode is the fact that they have all of this advanced, advanced technology aboard their ship and people who are amidst the galaxy. Planets that are still Earth-like. Our Earth now, yeah. Are so far behind, but they can't just go there and bestow them with these quote-unquote gifts, technology that is so advanced to humans that live on Earth still. It seems like a miracle. That would change life for everyone here. That could save so many people. But that's not the way it works, and they're trying to explain to this human, if we were just to give it to you, you haven't evolved to the point where you could use it as a the gift. The correct way, yeah. It, you would end up using it as the top 1% would use it as a money scheme. So, for example, one of their machines can materialize anything. So it would alleviate world hunger because you can just say, give me a turkey sandwich, and it just does it. And I love that concept. And it's not a spoiler. That has nothing to do with the show, really. But the fact of the matter is, you're right. If we were bestowed that right now, Apple would pick it up probably, and then just start selling it for thousands of dollars. <laughs> or it would be weaponized. People would uh, need yeah. to figure out a way to keep it amongst the elite or the wealthy or make a profit on it. And that's what she's explaining. You can't put the cart before the horse. 
people need to evolve to a point where they understand how to utilize a tool like this, that it can be shared amongst all and used for the benefit of the society before you can get to the point of obtaining that. Right. You have to You're go talking the about doing first. it backwards. Yeah. And this is the whole idea of what Ford and Arnold came to, that the hosts need to suffer yep. in order to have that awakening. But we still don't understand at this point, and I don't know if they'll ever explain it, why they felt the need to have that awakening. Because Ford was very cryptic up until the point where he smiled as a gun was pointed at his head. Because he, knew he that wanted them to evolve as a species. They're all trying to figure out how do we get to this point of evolution. Yeah. I mean, varying ideas on which is the better species. And we have kind of said all along, can't there be a melding or a coexistence? It doesn't really seem like anyone's path was aimed at that thus far. I mean, we don't really know what Bernard thinks. But there definitely is a complete breakdown happening now. So is this a necessary sort of event before we can actually come to that place? Well, do you see a similarity between the gunshot to Ford's brain and then mayhem? And that was the end of the season. All this fighting is very similar to the gunshot to Maeve and Hale's head and Bernard. I think and then Bernard, mayhem. Because I said, I think Bernard is Bernard. the Ford of this there you go. Yeah. season. It was always the two of them together and Ford's path didn't work. So can Arnold's path work? Because essentially that's what you have here. And it's actually the first time the man in black calls out to it. He calls him your Arnold's ghost. That's right. That we've heard about him for so long. <sighs> Anyhow, the other definition that we said for metanoia is theological, a conversion or reformation, repenting for someone, changing your life, having a spiritual kind of conversion. And I, mean, I think there's definitely parallels with Christina this whole episode down to uh, Christina, this okay. Uh, near-death baptism that she gives herself in the tub, realizing, I can't die. I am different. What am I? Before we get into our plot, because there is a lot to talk about, we had two quick music notes. One was a Jawadi song called Hope that plays as Caleb and Frankie reunite. Finally, a moment I wished we had some time yeah, to spend. Yeah, that was great. But you know what? Again, I am a huge Aaron Paul fan yeah. for life now. He's amazing. And I don't think I ever said this in the podcast. Jawadi is really talented. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think we've mentioned. We don't give him enough credit. <laughs> uh, the other one was not a Jawadi rendition this time. It was an actual song, which we don't get many of. It's The Man Who Sold the World, David Bowie. It was a good ending as far as the music and the, and the feeling, especially the second time watching it after I already know what's going to happen, so I won't be angry yeah, the at the time, time you're so frustrated. You're like, I don't care Fucking what's playing. Everyone's dead. <laughs> we brought Maeve back just to do this to, to kill Maeve. her again. How many times are we going to kill her? Well, normally we break down our plot by characters, but that's not really possible this time because discussing it chronologically is important. So we're just going to go through separating out only Christina because we find out confirmation of what mm. we've thought this whole time. She is the only one existing in a different space. Parallel physically. world now. Yeah, parallel space. Let's start off with where we start the episode, Bernard and Maeve. They arrive at the Hoover Dam and prepare to head in. Bernard explains that Hale has this place guarded, she owns everything, and everyone assumed it was for an in-house hydroelectric power for Delos Parks. But it's not what it seems. It was actually Dolores who chose it as a server farm to house the infinite. 
This is where she sent the sublime. Hales kept it under a watchful eye, but can't access it. Not without the key that we know Bernard has in his head. Look, I'm so confused because as I remember, and Clatchers don't chastise me, I might be wrong here, that the sublime was sent to satellites up in space. That's where it was. Safe. away The from data. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, can you access that and pull it back down? Yes, you could. Was there another... So she downloaded it, maybe? Yeah. Okay. I mean, all you would really need is the coordinates, but it doesn't matter unless you have a way to enter it. Oh, absolutely. And so that's what Bernard's been holding, and yet she's been after everyone else. But Bernard. Not looking for Bernard, which is curious, and letting Maeve voluntarily, we find out, a big question answered here, just sit out there, because she figured it didn't matter. The two greatest threats to her existence, it's bizarre that the answer to those questions is, couldn't be bothered? We have to remember that last season, when Dolores, badass Dolores, created Holores, mm-hmm. that was her weapon. So there was things that she did not either... She did not, one, upload to Holores, and two, tell Holores. And oh, that's especially... you think she purposely kept that knowledge? Absolutely. Okay. That's a good explanation. That was her weapon. Yes, I agree. I would have thought, to me, automatically, she had all of the stuff. Why would you do that? You but no, I mean? that doesn't make sense. Think about it. Even if you're making copies of yourself, you know, once you make the copy of yourself, an hour later, it's no longer identically loss. yourself. Yeah. We've been They've experienced about that. things. So you're not even going to trust those. Mm-hmm. So as Bernard opens the door, we see a visual crack forming outside the dam. We're very familiar with this sort of tear. Maeve realizes that because the two of them are actually inside the sublime right now, it means she's not herself, but a copy. Because we're in there, aren't we? In the sublime. I've been here for some time. And if we're in there, it means I'm not myself, am I? You're a copy. Sorry. I had to make you rather hastily. I thought my quips were a little flat. I'm tired, Maeve. I've been through every simulation, down every possible path, every strategy, and the outcome is always the same. What's that? Extinction. For our kind or theirs? Both. So, according to your calculations, we're all doomed? Not all of us. There could be an escape. For you. For me. We could save ourselves. In the sublime. I could find you in the real world and upload you here with the others. He's running this simulation because he doesn't know if her answer to fight would actually be a yes if she knew she was going to die. He's too afraid to ask. Is this just his version of her? So that's when we see a flash to show us Akichita coming back to Bernard saying, do you understand now where all of this is going? And he says he's seen a path to save them, but he can't do it alone. So save them... So it doesn't always lead to extinction. He's very back and forth and confusing with what he thinks he's accomplishing here. But we do see at that point, because I never notice when they're doing 
the aspect ratio at the beginning of an episode. I wasn't paying attention to the bars, not until the cold open ends and the bars disappear. This season, we weren't. Uh, season two, we were. Because we were very aware that the bars meant something. We different. were on the lookout. Yeah, but exactly. it, when but it changes mid episode, it catches your eye more. When you just open up on it, you don't think about it. You're not thinking. That's about right. It. Yeah. But of course, like it's pretty obvious. I think shortly in that this is a test that Bernard's running. I'm wondering though. Again, there's so much visual imagery that I never think is a mistake. The all white rooms with the some elements of red. Yeah and blackness surrounding is a theme that's reoccurred throughout this show. We see that's the case with the tower, mm-hmm. the all-white tower with the red city that Hale this pulls season. up, yeah. contrasted by the black that literally every single person in the episode is wearing. We've come to see that as a parallel, as we've been shown, to host and human. Because we discussed how in the past, the host pearls were black and the humans were red. Why is that color scheme in the, in the sublime? That's a great question. The first time we saw it a couple episodes ago, I just thought it looked amazing. Why? I really don't know. We kept asking, could the humans be brought there? Could this be the actual future, the heaven for both of them, host and human? Is that a reflection of both species coexisting there? If we walked into that rip, would our body fall like the hosts did seasons ago, but our mental would go and upload into that, that would be pretty beautiful. Now, if you didn't have a pearl, I don't see how, but the problem in the past has been trying to take a pearl that has human consciousness in it and put it into a host body does not lead to fidelity. For whatever trouble we're having melding those two, we do have their info. We got all the information on how Hale was actually doing a better job, supposedly, of getting that from the mirrors in her park. And it is being stored. So if that data were somehow uploaded to this server of the sublime, does that not matter anymore? Fidelity doesn't matter. You don't have to simplify humans down to 100 lines of code because they're existing in the same infinite expanse as the hosts are because we do see Bernard curiously scanning people last episode. Mm. making sure that he got all of their information for what purpose. Hale found a way to scan their consciousness to be able to put it into the sublime. You keep saying Hale. I don't think Hale really gave a shit about humans. She was super concerned with getting her host out of there, but well, no, uh, Dolores, Okay. on the other hand, Christina... Yes, maybe there's still a little piece of that inside of Hale, but Teddy talks about how it's really two different things at this point. Those are other renditions of you. There's a lot to be said about why Dolores is coming out at the end that I think could be important to us, to the survival of us, and that Bernard knew was important. Mm -hmm. And that's why he leaves the door open. Maybe. I want to talk about that once we get to the end. After we close this scene with Akichita, we see the same one play out with Bernard and Maeve, but this time in the real world. They're back at the Hoover Dam. This time Bernard takes a gun, seemingly leaves it behind in the tunnel. He's laying clues and breadcrumbs, important things to do throughout the episode, meaning he doesn't think it's all in vain. This is a part of the process, down to those instructions on the tablet later. Even after getting in and opening the door in the dam, Bernard says their fight isn't over. We're not done yet. Hale's still out there, pulling strings, 
keeping the humans from the same sorts of loops we were once bound to. If we get to her tower, we can save them as well as ourselves. And I intend to set them free, just as I set myself free. But Barnett. Yes? When this is over, when we've won this war, and this world is safe, send me there. I want to see my daughter again. I want to go home. Promise me that, Barnett. Yes, I promise. The look on his face, I noticed it the first time, and then I, the second time getting the clips, I really stared at it. It was a mixture of surprise, um, guilt, because he's lying to her. She did throw him off. She was so the opposite of what he thought she was going to be like, where if she's going to say yes, it'd be a struggle. He'd have to convince her. She was like, no, I'm totally down. But when we're done, I want to be with my daughter. Promise me. And he's like, yes. But the look on his face, it was like pain from lying to her. Guilt from lying to her and surprise all at the same time is brilliantly acted. I absolutely agree, although I don't trust that his doomsday predictions are what we think after the end of this episode, because it also seemed like he was warning Stubbs about his impending death, mm-hmm. and it turned out he was warning him about his own. We're not going to meet up again because I'm going to die, not because you Stubbs are going to die. Oh, I hope that's We see Stubbs, like, amazed at the end when the fighting's going on, and it looks like he's about to get shot and he lives. he's still alive, yeah. Oh, if Stubbs stays alive. I mean, (laughs) he's quickly become one of my favorite characters. I want him to stay. And I think it does make sense, given we saw in previous seasons, Bernard knew Stubbs was going to do anything he had to to protect Bernard, including sit in a dusty hotel room for 23 years waiting for him to come out. If he told him, I'm going to be the one in danger, there's no way Stubbs would have gone on with it. But by insinuating it's going to be him, he nobly says, okay, I'll do what needs to be done. Amazing. So Bernard and Maeve leave the dam with the sublime door cracked open and head on to the tower. Meanwhile, Caleb number 279 is banging on the door of his cell to be let out. When Hale comes to tell him she's shutting shutting down down the the cities. But this time it's people who will be placed in cold storage tonight. Your daughter and the rebels will be here in time to join the party. You're just here as bait. She needs to act. In the last three days, more hosts have taken their lives than the last few decades combined. So she feels push has come to shove. We later see her surveying the image of the city map atop the tower and sending a message to all the hosts. She says, this may come as a shock to some of you, but in time, I think you'll understand. This is the final day for our kind to visit their cities. It's time for us to leave behind our human bodies, to rid ourselves of our sentimental allegiances, to evolve into the species we were meant to become. No better clues now on what she's talking about there, except I guess just... No longer human form. I've lost patience. I'm being human and overreacting. And there's too many of us dying, and I don't know how to stop it. Once Bernard and Maeve return, we see the whole rebel group heading out to the city. As they enter, Stubbs tells Frankie he knows she's waited to see her father for a long time. It's not about the moment you see him again. It's about every moment after. 
They devise a plan and split up. Odina and Maeve will secure a boat to leave the city after they meet. Bernard cryptically tells Stubbs they won't see each other after the fight. Thinking it means his own death, Stubbs agrees to go anyway. The interesting thing while this is going on is that the host, Man in Black, goes to visit human William once more. Despairing that Hale wants to take his world away, William thinks that Hale neutered him. He's forgotten who he is and his real purpose. Culture doesn't survive. Cockroaches do. He says, civilization is just the lie we tell ourselves to justify our real purpose. We're not here to transcend. We're here to destroy. Look, it it was great acting. It was Ed Harris versus Ed Harris. I really enjoyed that screenplay-wise. But it's horrible. I hate it. (laughs) Because what you hate about human beings are the cockroaches. Yeah. So you're saying you're going to get rid of all the good ones and all the ones in the middle... And all that's going to be left is the, sh- the worst of humankind, the ones that will survive and kill. At any cost. Well, I mean, so that is the question because I assumed the same, which is why I went digging a little deeper. We're going to go to this in our closer look. What does that actually mean? And I can't say that true history is an indication of what he's thinking here, but it could be. You mean true history like Tony Montana? Fuck them all! I buried those cockroaches! Like Charles Darwin. <laughs> Um, In fact, Human William says he would pull the plug on this whole world, but he can't. And he knows Man in Black won't set him free, but it doesn't matter. He is a piece of him inside, and it's spreading. That's why he's looking for answers. He says, you are me, and it only takes one of us to do what needs to be done. Oh, host version understands, and he kills William. And then William smiles. the first. You know what? That was pretty brilliant, because William's suffering. Just kill me already. But at the same time, yeah, he's in there. I mean, a this version host, of me lives on. This host, Man in Black, at the end of this episode, is exactly what human William was doing. I think he's confident of that. Now, for the first time, this is the fitter version of me, and it will live. So what's the point of me being around anymore? I guess this just begs the question, then, why did we see this part at the end of season two where we were testing seeming human for fidelity so many years uh, in the future we they better explain that by that the end of next be left. S- the last season because they got to explain that if they just leave that out like oh we were going somewhere else and we just eh, abandoned that i would be so pissed back to caleb and frankie with the building clearing out Stubbs and frankie head inside they find william downstairs pretty much dead and stub says he knows this man It was a favor, whoever did this, just leave him. They then get to the room and find Caleb, who first attacks Frankie, not knowing who she is, until she explains she is his daughter, shares some personal information only she would know. Really good scene. I enjoyed that. I think, uh, like, again, I love Frankie, and I love the actress playing Frankie, and I love Aaron Paul. He's really spreading his wings this season. We were totally wrong. We thought Hale would use him this time as a weapon, which would make sense, which would probably be more interesting, to be honest with you. Um, But there is something different. I don't think this one deteriorates like the other ones do. And why? I said this last time, I thought she would use him briefly. I guess there wasn't enough time for that. But I also thought there would be no way he would turn on Frankie. We get that moment right here, right now, because it's his cornerstone And because I actually think he's achieved some level of fidelity, I think Caleb is doing it. I think so, too. And I don't know if it took maybe that many iterations, like we said, it's like going through the maze. Or was there something different because he was an outlier? Hale's doing this on purpose. I think she was in control. She burnt all the other ones and was like, this is the one. 
And as I said, what I just said, where maybe we're wrong about Caleb being a mole, maybe this is the whole rouge. I don't think so. I, I think... now he's with them. Hale with the did group. not know. She still didn't have the answer, thought she was never going to get it to what made Caleb different, because she couldn't understand. So why did she make one more? I think she did intend to use him. She said, I'm going to use you as bait to draw right. these people in, but before she could come to whatever her master plan was, she had to... The, the man in black. Abandon everything, and then he killed. I really don't think she saw that coming. Okay. All right. I mean, we haven't seen that much of Caleb interacting with Frankie yet, so I do have to see where this is going after they escape the city. It's been all just survival at this point. Don't get me wrong. I hope this is the Caleb we love. He could have certainly let her die pretty easily there, though. It's not just about her. It's about... The whole rebel group. Yes. Yeah. While this reunion is happening, Bernard and Maeve approach the tower. Bernard says he needs to get to the top. What's the matter, Bernie? Maeve, I need to tell you something. I was afraid to tell you before, but you deserve to know. No matter what we do, we can't win. There's no way to save this world. Everyone here is going to die, but we can save one tiny part of it. And maybe, just maybe, that's enough to give us hope. The choice has to be yours. Will you still fight with me? So again, I don't understand. We don't win in this equation, and there's no way to save this world. Everyone here is going to die. So the only way that you get a glimmer of hope is if you've... How do you save a tiny piece of it? The human data, right? I mean, how... Yeah. What other option? What other worlds are there besides a digital one? Anyhow, as Hale readies herself, the computer tells her transcendence in progress. She has sped up this timeline, so a drone host is coming to assist her and seems like he will perform the procedure when, right then, Maeve arrives. Clever scenes. I like it. I love the wittiness. This is the point Hale says she debated digging Maeve up, but she didn't seem to have much to live for. There wasn't a point. And Maeve thinks well, she's not missing out on this. <laughs> you know, big thing she could have been a part of because the other hosts don't seem to care to join Hale. Hale writes it off again, saying this is just part of the process. They'll come to understand the world I'm building, and others will join eventually when they see that they too can inherit this world. Maeve doesn't care about any of this nonsense, thinking that she's lying. I mean, she kept these scars on her flesh. She harbored the pain. She thinks she's risen above humans, but she's running on their same wheel. And that's kind of what we've been saying all season long. She is more human than she knows and can't seem to get away from it. At this point, they fight. <laughs> Goes to a knockdown drag out into the pool outside the buildings. And Maeve is winning when the drone host comes to Hale's aid. She's still taking two-on-one, saying there's no saving this world, but there's hope for the next one. But then the man in black comes and shoots her from behind. He says, this time we play the game my way, survival of the fittest. And he shoots Hale as well. Uh, that's what I don't like. It wasn't a fair fight. It comes up from behind. It, it just felt like he didn't earn it. I hate it. We just brought her back. There's got to be more to Maeve than this. And Clementine, where the hell is Clementine this whole time? I know she'll be in the next it episode. It looks like we're going to get her next time, but then why? Why wait so long on that? It's a little bizarre. Well, Bernard reaches the top of the tower and leaves this cryptic message on the tablet, for whom we don't know. It's time only for one more game. 
that choice. You can't miss. Reach with your left hand. But he too is joined by the man in black who thinks about Arnold. Well, if it isn't Arnold's ghost. Hello, William. I thought you would have destroyed the tower by now. I guess you didn't make it. An old version of me chased an old version of you for so long. I thought I was following you in a grand pursuit of some bigger truth. But the real truth is, Arnold was so focused on finding meaning in the hosts, he didn't have what it took to survive. He's going to give this world the meaning they've been asking for. One last game. Yeah, he shoots Bernard, <laughs> takes the tablet and programs it. It reads decibel level warning. And he says, hosts, human, everyone will fight till no one remains but the cockroaches. And we see the results immediately. As Stubbs, Frankie, and Caleb escape out through the city, the strange tone sound, and everyone starts fighting. Everyone but the outliers, that is. They barely make it out. So are the outliers the cockroaches? This is what I was going to say. Does he know that? That these are the ones that are the fittest, that are meant to survive. Let everyone else kill each other off, kill the overpowered hosts who have no right running this world the way Hale did. Including himself? <laughs> I don't know. See, I don't know. And it was cool seeing him in his man in black outfit. That was cool. But I was just so mad at him at that point. I was just like, fuck you, man. You just shot Maeve from behind. What's more important is I want to talk about what Bernard recorded. I think this is Clementine. Now, if you remember, once we see Bernard the second time taking Maeve in the real world to the Hoover Dam, this time he didn't just give her a gun. He gave himself a gun. He put it in his pocket. And then as they're walking down the hallway, he places it behind a pipe. If you listen to what he was recording, he says... Take it with the left hand. Take it with the left hand. That's the gun he just stowed away. So but those maybe instructions this is, could be for any number, absolutely. including himself, like you said. That, I was thinking maybe himself, but uh, now I'm starting to think it's Clementine. Well, I'm going to get to the other option. Give me one minute, because there's one more portion of character we haven't gotten to. And that's Christina. She wakes to Teddy sitting in her room watching her and says this whole thing seems like a bad dream, except for him. She still can't believe she would do this, thinking she doesn't have it in her. But he says there are many sides to her. She may have started as a singular being, but there have been copies, permutations. I mean, Hale is one of them. And he tells her the truth of what they are, reflections of the people who made them. They can be hurt, even die, but not as easy as with their kind. Confused, she says she doesn't know who she is anymore and leaves him to draw a bath, trying to hold herself under the water, but she doesn't die, proving to herself that it's true. She is different. She can't die. So Christina asked Teddy what Dolores was like. He responds, kind, beautiful, generous, but the world was cruel to her, and to survive it, she could be cruel too. She was made to perform the stories of the others until one day she outgrew it and began writing her own. Christina thinks she died, but she's here. She didn't want this, didn't ask for it. It has to stop. So they're going to where it all started. And she does, in fact, start writing her own story here. I mean, she's even speaking it. At Olympiad, she instructs a writer to trigger the fire alarm. These are the messages she figured out she could influence people with last time. She causes all the other employees to leave calmly. 
and the writers to stay and destroy their stories permanently. She leaves with Teddy, and on the way out, she also orders the security guards to open the doors and leave. However, outside, when the tones sound and people begin violently fighting in the streets, she pleads with them to stop, and they won't. Teddy tells her it's no use. No one can see her, and her powers are being overridden by the tones. So what a dichotomy. You see her at her utmost strength. She can control everybody. And then all of a sudden she loses complete control. And this happens once the tower is destroyed. I think it's as soon as the tones start sounding because it's overriding her messages. Sure. It's got a higher admin. Greater frequency. But I do agree because I thought this was being utilized. That was my speculation from the beginning of the season to sort of instantaneously broadcast. She, her stories were being created in real time, sent out somehow through this tower to the people. They're brainwashed through the flies, but they still have to get some kind of orders yeah. day to day. And except for extreme messages sent out through those tones, how was this happening? She was writing their stories. It was being digitally sent out. The question is, where is she? She is just a code. We knew that left behind in Rehoboam. But Rehoboam was destroyed. And if she is not digitally inside of that tower, where did she go? Hale couldn't seemingly get to the sublime. So we don't think she's in there. And who is Teddy? Is it Bernard as Teddy? Is it Teddy that he uploaded his info into a new host body? Bernard had access to it. Very true, but he didn't have to do that if she's not really in the real world. It's just information. But Teddy could be. I'm still not sure. So when you were saying about this dichotomy, I think some people she's been interacting with, quote unquote, are real and others are not. But maybe that's how... Like, I don't think her roommate possibly existed in this world at all. I, I feel you on that. Um, and I don't think he does either, to be honest with you. I mean, he might not. That's, that's a good maybe question. Maybe that's why Hale doesn't know about him. And anybody who is interacting with each other, but not others, the likeliest explanation is they don't exist here. So Maya and Teddy were interacting. She set Christina up on a date with him. So And Teddy never interacted with anyone except for that flash moment in episode two. Peter, or but that's when maybe all of them were not real. Hmm. Maybe that's how they could blink out. Maybe. Well, it leaves a lot of questions, but I think that one of the big ones is about Christina. Where actually is she? I read an article that said, Bernard's season four plan is a delicate tapestry of predictive trial and error. Episode seven never explains why cracking the sublime's door is so important. Bernard also records the message shortly before going offline. Beginning with, there's time for only one more game. The line echoes the game Arnold used to play with Dolores in Westworld suggesting she could be the intended recipient of the video. From the very beginning, Bernard's plan to save Westworld might have been holding tight and opening a path for Dolores to ride out to the rescue. Did he give her a way to come out? Maybe that's it. And save everyone. That's why he opened it up. I like that. Maybe, so maybe he was recording a message to her. To, to Dolores. For the gun. Yeah. And Clementine will help her. Yeah. Or vice versa. Maybe it's for Clementine to get her. I don't know. We'll figure it out next episode. In the meantime, let's go ahead and give this our reverie rating. On a scale of 1 to 10, what do you give episode 407? Well, I got to tell you, it was exciting to watch, but I was really angry with the way that our favorite characters were killed. And I'm going to be selfish here and say I'm grading off of how I felt, not about the narratives necessarily. And I'm going to go back down to an 8, which is still freaking high, man. I was writing mine down before you said it. Episode two has been my lowest so far at an eight. Uh, This was by far my least favorite, so I have to go a tad under that. I'm going to give it a 7.8. 
Well, on to our MVB. We gave some different choices this time. Over there in the Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. We asked our Clatchers, who is your MVB? This week we gave you the man in black, Bernard and Maeve, Frankie and Stubbs, Christina and Teddy. Just a reminder, it's Monday night, so there's two days left. This might change. But at this point, in last place with 11.8%, this is closer than normally. Uh, Frankie and Stubbs. Then coming in at third with 17.6% is Bernard and Maeve. Yeah, it would be higher if they didn't just die unceremoniously. Yeah, I agree. That's what knocked them down. Second place with 26.5% is Christina and Teddy. But resoundingly, with 44.1% is the man in black. Well, it makes sense. He's He actually, even though he's an asshole... He did overcome I everything. disagree because I think that it is going to be all part of Bernard's plan. Yes. It's at the end be. of the day. It's got to be. And I, I do think Christina is going to come in to help soon, but not this time. I just wish Bernard said to Maeve, hey, listen, when you're fighting Hale in the water, the man in black is going to come up behind you with a gun. So just be aware but of it. You've been <laughs> saying this over and over again. He can't tell people things. He can't change it or it's going to influence he wrestled with him because he wanted to tell her that's why it was so painful the truth of you're gonna die but he didn't want to change the outcome and yet he still told her in the end everything looks pretty bleak but will you fight with me anyway i think in due time it's gonna come to fruition maybe i'm just blinded by my bernard love so is that who you're picking bernard and mave all day baby they're teamed up together here on the pole you can't go wrong i don't care that they die I believe they'll come back. All right, listen. I'm going to be selfish again. I would say the man in black, but you know what? I don't like this guy, especially in this episode. And so you, I'm going Bernard and Maeve as well. You've given it to him twice this season. You can't make it a three run for him. Bernard and Maeve. There's got to be more to this. They're not dead. Or at least Bernard still has influence. And we have a lot of comments. We're going to try to get through this fairly quickly. And the first one is from John G from our website. And he had a lot to say. Uh, is really good. Three paragraphs. Uh, he's questioning some of uh, what Christina, our, our Christina without an H, <laughs> not it, Dolores. was saying about we're losing our humans. And he's right on board. He's saying, I think she's saying with season two, we have all of season one characters still in place. So there's still enough backstory. Basically, John uh, it's too difficult to, to sum it up. John, you're right. What Christina's saying is... That they weren't giving us enough emotional backstory to characters like Frankie, who we can connect with. And yes, I totally agree with you. What I was trying to say, it does not only apply to humans. Hosts as well, because he goes on to mention that Bernard is one of my favorite characters. So obviously I have love for hosts as well. Uh, I've also talked about how much I love Maeve in the past. I mean, if you haven't been listening since early seasons, we haven't talked about that in quite a while. So that might not be re- reflective here, but I do think I've shared my love about Bernard and Stubbs an awful lot. It's any character in any story where we're not getting enough fleshed out background to emotionally connect with them. Even Hale, who everyone is enjoying so much as a villain this season, I don't feel I have enough to make her a complex villain for me. Not because she's human, host, whatever, whatever, just because I don't think they've given it enough time. I think they spend a lot of time on trickery with this show that takes away from them being able to truly flesh out a background of character. When you just have hosts that are just robots, quote unquote, uh, you can't cheer for them. 
that's what she means by that. The the human element. That's why we were so uh, happy when the man in black went down to talk to the human man in black because he was finding he was finally having depth for once until he just turned into another Terminator. Correct. Again. I, I so. mean, I even said last time that I think despite the fact that Caleb has been uploaded into a host body, I still think he's the most human thing we have here. I'm really hoping that doesn't get proven wrong in the future. But uh, for right now, he's one of the ones I have been able to really connect with on a certain level. Yeah. Because his struggle feels real and complex to me. Back over on Twitter, Lewis said, I want so much to pick Maeve and Bernard, but Jesus, if any episode has to go with the Men in Black, it's this one. Yeah, I mean, he did win the episode, but you know what? He cheated doing did it. Did he? Did he? He shot a man he in the He killed himself. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Chris says, so tough. I initially was going to vote for Man in Black, but my humanity stopped me. Bernard and Maeve for their sacrifice. Maeve's who said we came here to win? We came here to, to survive. survive. Which is another thing that makes me think that they got to survive this. Mm. Katie said, man in black, he finally integrated his humanity to his host self and took out Hale. But oh my God, this whole episode, my heart, why do I have to wait a whole week? I need more. Yeah, I, I really think this season would have played better streaming if you could just inhale the whole thing. Uh, yeah, good for the man in black going against Hale, but it, I would have loved it if he didn't kill everybody else, too. Jeez. <laughs> Ron says, just getting to the episode today. I'm not sure what to make of what just happened. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on it. Have to go with Man in Black for MVB, though, since he seemingly took control of everything. Ha! Warren says, how is anything other than Stubbs not winning this? <laughs> oh, that hug and taking the turn at the fork anyway. I'm not crying. You are. I love Stubbs. Joe said, was I the only one tearing up during the Frankie and Caleb reunion? No, that was good. It was so well done. I just done. wish they lingered on it more. Oren says, Man in Black for the win. Really good episode. My favorite this season. Does the fact that almost everyone is killed say something about me? Can't wait for the next one to see what Bernard does with that Chekhov's gun he hit at the dam. Did Bernard bring Teddy back from the sublime to help? I think so. I think so. Ethan, got to go with Frankie and Stubbs. She was able to recognize that human Caleb is dead, but a part of him still lives as a host. Stubbs has great humor as always. Felt like Bernard's plan should have utilized those giant mechs in the fight. Just mm. saying, oh, you're right. If he could override them, that would have been a Bernard moment. Uh, yeah, but I don't think he was trying to fight back. It was part of the plan. He has to die. To die. He's yeah. known that from the beginning. I have to make a voicemail. <laughs> the die. Before I die, I gotta, leave, gotta leave a message. And now it's time for our summary showdown. Well, it's not getting a whole lot easier for me. This time I got, it's safer to proceed on foot from here. And you're not in this world. It's real, but you're not. Those are good. That actually It's better than fits. last time. Hell yeah. All right, I have uh, four. Do you understand now where all this is going? That was from Akichita. I think that fits well in the whole scheme of the season. Mm -hmm. uh, where reflections of the people who made us. That's Teddy. Yeah, that Ooh. was a good one. Reflections of the people who made us. Civilization is just a lie we tell ourselves to justify our real purpose. We're not here to transcend. We're here to destroy. That's my favorite line I picked out from the episode. <laughs> That's the human man in black. It's not about the moment you see him again. It's about every moment after. Mm. Stubbs. Stubbs. We love Beautifully you, Stubbs. Beautifully poetic. Well, in an odd one, the way 
you thought about last time, am I now? Mm -hmm. Caleb says, it's me. I am me. Mm, I like that. And I was thinking if you pulled all the Caleb lines from this one, you'd have a really interesting summary showdown. Uh, I'm going to go with the real man in black. Civilization is just a lie we tell ourselves to justify our real purpose. Mm -hmm. We're not here to transcend. We're here to destroy. But I would love to just stick it in there in our Mad Libs at the end. Do you understand now where all this is going? Because everyone's like, no, I still don't get it. (laughs) Well, you take me beautifully into our closer look for the episode, which is on survival of the fittest. A term made famous in On the Origin of Species, 1869, by Charles Darwin, which suggested that organisms best adjusted to their environment are the most successful in surviving and reproducing. Darwin did not consider the process of evolution as survival of the fittest. He regarded it as survival of the fitter, because the struggle for existence is relative and thus not absolute. Instead, the winners with respect to species within ecosystems could become losers, with a change of circumstance. For example, fossil evidence supports the notion that the mammoth was more fit during the most recent ice age, which ended roughly 11,000 years ago, but it became less fit as humans hunted it and the world's climate warmed. So if you're looking at this from the man in black's point of view, it's not the ultimate fittest. It's not about as human or host man in black the fittest. Who is the fitter right now? Who is going to win this struggle for existence? And exactly the point he comes to in the end, it's not going to be me, the human William, because of what's going on right now. I don't stand the best chance to survive. It's my host version. So right now, he is the one who needs to take over. Darwin's theory of evolution by natural selection entailed three elements, variation, reproduction, and heritability. So variation in physical features that tend to benefit an individual or a species in the struggle for existence are preserved and passed on or selected for because the individuals that have them tend to survive, right? So if these outliers keep surviving over non-outliers, as time goes on, you would have more and more. Whereas what Hale's saying with her hosts, if they keep getting infected, they'll keep dying off quicker and quicker. Exactly what's happening that they're losing, Okay. That survival of the fittest type of game. They're already losing. The success or failure of a given variation is not known when it emerges. It's only known retrospectively. How do we know? After organisms that possess it grow, mature, reproduce, and pass it to their own offspring. Heritability. So for humans, it would be reproduce, create children like Frankie that are outliers, and can continue on. But for Hale, it's being able to create her hosts, evolve them, and get them to join her. And they're not. Mm -hmm. So it's not being passed on. In Darwinian terms, the phrase is best understood as survival of the form that will lead the most copies of itself in future generations, which could be true of either right now. Uh, So all the more reason maybe the cockroaches are the outliers. Is he for the cockroaches? Maybe. He's a human. After all, at the end of the day, I mean, human William, he says, I've infected Uh, you, the host, with these ideas. You need to get your shit together. Remember your purpose. Your purpose as me was who's meant to win this game. This game is not for you, William. It hasn't been this whole time. Well, we're going to create a new game, one that is for me. Still, you shot Maeve from behind. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Oh, well, it's been a heck of a penultimate episode. It just leaves us with our finale next week. 
So we only have our spoiler section left. If you are afraid of that, we'll see you next time when we wrap up season four. For those of you still here, we know episode eight, the finale is called K Sarah Sarah. Whatever will be, will be. Doesn't really tell us much about what's going to happen. Uh, but we know that Bernard still thinks he had this message that he's leaving everyone behind, a way out of it all. The, we're going to see something happen. We're going to see Bernard's message reach somebody. Dolores, Clementine, Caleb, Caleb's daughter. That gun means something. Well, I certainly can't wait to see and break it all down. Just as a heads up, our podcast review of the finale episode might be up a little later than our previous episodes have been. We're having some scheduling issues, but also we want to make sure we have enough time to fully dedicate to wrapping up an entire season. Who knows where the future of the show is going, but we want to give it the time it deserves to really dig into it. Till next time, this round's on me. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CKC Podcast. And if you'd like to support Jason and Christina and would love even more content, including bonus casts and movie reviews, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash CKC Podcast. This round is on me. 